in verses 16 through 18. Are you ready? Once when we were going to the place of prayer, well, that'll preach. We could stop right there and just start talking about prayer. Once when we were going to a place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled, another version says, greatly annoyed, that he turned around and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. Father, we thank you for the gifts of the Spirit, and the operation of the gifts of the Spirit openly here in this church and in our lives. And I thank you for the gift of discernment. As I teach and preach this word, I ask... God, that you would move in great power. We don't need another lecture. We don't need just another teaching. We need an impartation, even as Moses laid his hands upon Joshua and prayed for him. It was that reason that he was filled with wisdom. Lord, you can fill us with wisdom. You can give us a download, an impartation. Come on, ask God to touch your life tonight. Touch our lives tonight. May we never be the same. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. How many of you have ever seen the movie The Lord of the Rings? Well, there's a trilogy, right? How many of you ever read the books? All right. There is a sword, Frodo's sword. Do you, do you know the story about Frodo's sword? Anytime orcs are around, those nasty things. Now, I'm not endorsing the movie, especially for younger kids. My kids have not seen it. It's too much for them. The orc things, just too much. Uh, but it is actually a favorite of mine. I, I enjoy it. Because there's so much spiritual truth and, and, and types and shadows. And, of course, written by J.R.R. Tolkien, who was uh, a believer. It has much symbolism in it. Frodo's sword glows when demons come. It's, it's a picture of discernment. Everybody say discernment. I want to... Preach and teach you a message entitled, The Gift of Discerning of Spirits. The Gift of Discerning of Spirits. Now, we just had uh, Jane Hammond, who was with us, Tom Hammond. One of the things that she shared was that we're going to really need this gift because God's going to pour out His Spirit. And how many of you know when the outpouring of the Spirit comes, some other things happen also. And we need to know the difference between that which is of God and that which is not of God. And that gift is called the discerning of spirits. Now the problem, one of the problems, is that demons, it's really the the problem of anonymity, and you can fill in your notes, the problem of anonymity. Demons aren't all excited about you knowing that they're around. They, They hide. They The gift of discernment of spirits reveals when they're around. We need that gift. Sometimes, you know, prior to me being delivered, I would see demons regularly. I didn't know there were demons. I just thought, well, you know, I might have been just seeing things. Black masses kind of running in the corner of the room. 
fear coming on me. Like, hey, what was that? It's like a little black munchkin running around. Sometimes not and sometimes not so little. Demons can manifest in, in, in a way like that, and they're not always immediately detected. In fact, you know, we, we have seen, I've seen over the years, children who've been impacted or affected, I should say, by demon power. And it's what we call the destruction of the innocent. Their parents open doors. They do things. Sin, basically. Or there's generational sin. And, or maybe there's just sin in the house. And they open a door and demon power begins to affect children. Even at a young age. And it, they, they can become so enmeshed in a person's life that people can actually think it's just part of their personality but really what it is is that they've been demonized and they're bound but it would take discernment to figure that out the gift of discerning discernment of spirits is very important God's answer to to demonic sorcery is seen in the gift of discerning of spirits fill in your notes so I want to take a look at this. We're going to taking a look at this text, understanding the gift of discerning of spirits. I, I want you to turn to First Corinthians chapter twelve, of verse ten. First Corinthians twelve. We're going to look at verse ten. Let me read to you First Corinthians twelve, verse seven first. Now to each one is a manifestation of the Spirit given for common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge. By the means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still another interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. Sandwiched between prophecy and tongues and interpretation is the gift of discernment. I want to say, you know, we, we, we invite, you know, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, come. We invite the Holy Spirit. You know what happens when the Holy Spirit comes? You want Him to really come? You know what happens? The manifestation... Let me, some, let me, let me, let me, let me help myself out. Manifestation. I've done this before, but sometimes, you know, we just don't really understand flowers are now hiding. Are you ready? I'm going to manifest these fake flowers at the front of our altar. Are you ready? We pray for the manifestation of the Spirit. You know what the man manifestation of the Spirit? When the manifestation of the Spirit comes, you know what you get? That. You get that. You get 1 Corinthians 12. You get the gifts of the Spirit. The manifestation of the Spirit. When we pray, God come, God come. When He comes, you know what it looks like? It looks like the gifts. You know, it's not it's not necessarily you just feeling him or or your hair standing on you know I, I like that I like when my hair stands on him but it's it's a, it's a manifestation of the spirit it's the operation of the gifts it's tied to weighing carefully I, I want you to turn to first Corinthians fourteen twenty nine and if you can first Thessalonians five twenty one first Corinthians fourteen twenty nine says Two or three prophets should speak and others should weigh carefully what is said. What does that mean? That means when a prophetic word comes forth, we need to judge it. Did you know that you judge it? You go, is that God? 
You're actually supposed to judge the person giving it. In other words, are they living a holy life? Is their doctrine right? Is their integrity? Is their character? Is the word they're saying, is the word that they're saying line up with the word of God? If it doesn't line up with the word, you go flush, right? Everybody go like this. Flush. I've had many, somebody, many people over the course of me serving the Lord give me a word from God, and it was not a word from God, it was thus saith Bobo, or, you know, Tom says. If there's a Tom here, don't be offended. I'm just saying it. It wasn't from the Lord. It was from them. It was maybe from their human spirit. Yeah, I've had people prophesy over me, Yay, the Lord says He's going to give you hair. And your hair is going to grow back. That's interesting because I really felt like the Lord likes me bald. And I, he knows every hair on your head and the lack thereof. And all the bald guys say, Amen sign of wisdom. I've had people pray, you know, the Lord, the Lord wants you to grow your hair. You part it. But, you know. I, 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 anybody seen crazy things? It doesn't take much discernment. But we need to have the gift of discernment. We need to weigh carefully. First Thessalonians 5.21 says, test everything. Test what? Everything. Everybody say everything. Test everything. Hold on to the good. If you're going to allow the Spirit of God to operate... In a church setting, you better have the gift of discernment of spirits. Because I will tell you what happens. You'll have, you'll have Mickey Mouse stuff. Mickey needs to be sent out the door. You'll have the genuine, but you'll also have the flesh. You'll have man spirits show up. You'll have demonic spirits manifest. And in a place where, you know, there's this, this thought that when the Holy Spirit comes and there's revival, will we just let anything happen? That is, that's not what happens. That's not the way it should be. There should be order. Now, you can order God right out of the service. I don't know you know. Right? You can order, you can structure the Lord right out of it, and He'll use whatever framework you give Him because He just wants to touch His people. But the gift of discernment of spirits is very important. Wake, it's tied to weighing carefully in 1 Corinthians 14.9. Tied to testing everything in 1 Thessalonians 5.21. Many churches don't have the moving of the Spirit of God or the gifts of the Spirit in the church because of the problem of discerning with that which is of God and that which is not. So I want to teach you about the, discern, uh, the gift of discerning of spirits, how it operates in me, how, it, how you see it in the Word, and, and maybe teach you some things about yourself that you might not even know to help you in discerning that which is of God and that which is not. Discernment, the gift of discernment of spirits. Look at two. The ability to tell the difference between gifts that come from the Holy Spirit and those that do not. Or a, let me say it this way, a supernatural instinct, if you will, to distinguish the origin of thoughts and the inclinations of the heart. It's the ability or the gift to tell the difference between things that come from the Holy Spirit and those that do not. Or the things that come, things that are good and things that are bad. Or not good. Whether those thoughts come from a human, there's a human spirit, there's God's spirit, and there's demonic spirits. Did you know that? 
Okay, the use of the gift is primarily seen four ways. There's primarily four ways you'll see the gift of discernment, discernment operate. Look at number one, to judge whether what is spoken by the Spirit of God or not. And this is very interesting because there tends to be a lot of confusion here. And I've, I've, I've put a couple little sub-points. The Pharisee problem. See, the Pharisee problem is they, what, what was God they called the devil. You never want to do that. I've learned this long ago. I learned that if I don't, if I don't know, then I just don't say. And if I'm not real sure... I've been dead right and been dead wrong. Has anybody known that I know that I know that I know? I know deep down in my knower that's not God. And been totally wrong. That's happened to me. Am I the only one in here? Okay, all four of us. Praise the Lord. Pharisee problem. The Zedekiah problem. False prophets there in First Kings twenty two, eleven through twenty eight. You can read it at another time. Ahab called him and he prophesied, thinking there was something from the Lord, but it was really a lying spirit. Some people say, "Thus stay at the Lord," and it's not. It's really thus say a Satan. I'm gonna go encourage myself. I'll be right back. Thank you, Jesus. That's a good word. I'm gonna I'm gonna remember that. Wow, not everything's from God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, not everything's from God. Not everything is from the Lord. You have the Peter problem. Everybody say the Peter problem. That's the Peter problem. Mark eight. If you look at Mark eight, Peter is there. You know, he had it. He sort of had it flowing there. You know. You know what I mean. He. Who do you say I am, Peter? And he says, I, Thou art the Son of God. You know, he gets it right. And, and Jesus goes, Woo! Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, Peter. But my Father which art in heaven, and I will call you Peter. And upon, upon that rock, that rock of revelation, I will build my church. Okay, but then later on, he thinks he's got it going on. He's like the, he's got it flowing and going. He's all the man. And... He steps in front of Jesus and says, You're not going to the cross. That ain't of God. And, and I'm paraphrasing. That's the Bracken version. And Jesus says, Get behind me, Satan. How'd you like your pastor to get up, all up in your grill and say, Get behind me, Satan. I'm going to tell you there's some board members that need to have that word. Not in our church. a Peter problem. Peter rebukes Jesus and Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. It was, it was the flesh. It was the flesh. Talking about the use of the gift. Number one, to, to judge whether it is what is spoken by the Spirit of God or not. The second thing is seeing into the spiritual realm. Discernment, being able to see the discernment, the ability of the gift to be able to tell that which is of God and that which is not. So it come by judging his voice and what comes forth, or prophecy, if you will, is from the Spirit of God or not from the Spirit of God, but it can also be seeing into the spiritual realm. Do you remember Elijah and the army of the Lord in Gehazi? Do you remember that? They come and surround him at Dolphin. I believe it's Dolphin. And, and Gehazi wakes up to make a cup of Starbucks that morning for the prophet and freaks out. 
no. You know, the they're all around us. What are we going to do? And, and Elijah prays, Lord, open his eyes. He opened his eyes and he saw the horses and chariots of Israel. The chariots of God. The army of God surrounding this little feeble little army. And they were all struck with blindness. What happened? His eyes were opened. He received this, the gift of discernment to see in the spiritual realm that which was the Lord was doing. I remember uh, being in a service in Kauai a number of years ago, and I've shared this before. The power of God was upon us. We had been worshiping and... Um, People were being healed. People were being touched. People were being filled with the Spirit. and Some people were weeping. Other people were being filled with joy. And There came a moment in the service when everything shifted. It, it, there, there, there's, there's an anointing now. I mean, you can feel the presence of God. There's an anointing. I wouldn't say the glory of God is here. Although, anything can happen in the next few moments. When the glory of God comes, nobody's preaching. When the glory of God comes, it is a very different time. We will, when, when God comes like that, you're on your face. I mean, it's, it's it, 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 glory, the kabod. It's this, this weight that comes. Some of you know what I'm talking about. When He comes like that, you just want to get low. It's almost like, oh no, oh no, oh, oh, oh. what's going to happen? Uh, 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 it's this heavy fear of the Lord. Holiness comes. We were in Kauai and the, the glory of the Lord began to roll into that place that we were at. And the worship team started getting on the floor and people started getting on the ground. We had... Three cross-dressing homosexuals in the back that we were loving on. Okay, we were not during that time, but I mean, we would have welcomed them, and they were coming. They were hearing the word. When the glory of the Lord came, you know what happened? They got up. They got up and screamed. I'm not kidding. They screamed ah! and ran for the door. Now, when that happened, I thought, "Oh boy, I didn't know what was going to happen," and and it. it the Lord just sort of hovered over us for a moment. And I remember saying this. I said, Lord, uh, what do you want me to do? And this is what I heard in my heart. You can take the service, son, and it'll be good. Or you can let me have it. And at that, I said, go right ahead. You know, I bowed out. Now, in that moment, I will just tell you what I saw. Whether you believe it or not, that's between you and Jesus. I saw a flash of light off to my right-hand side, and the whole right-hand side of the church began to get on the floor. I saw another flash, of, like a, like a, how do I describe it? Like a, not a strobe, but a, a warm flash of light, like, a, like from a camera, but, but different, off to the left. And then the whole left side began to fall out and get on the floor. People weeping, people crying. And I honestly, I, at that point, that was it for me. I'm, I'm just done. Remove the mic, whatever. Every man for himself at that point. I, I just, Josh Morocco was on the keyboard. And uh, he didn't play anymore. He got on his face. We were all out on our faces before the Lord. What happened in that moment when I saw that flash was that, and I believe it was angels. You know, the angels, they do stuff for God. 
And I, I, believe there was a, I believe there was angels that came in, and that's what that was. That God gave me discernment, the gift of discernment of spirits, to see into the spiritual realm what was happening in that moment. Another way you see the gift of discernment of spirits, if you look at number three, is uncovering hypocrisy and evil among God's people. <laughs> see, what are you laughing at? Because i got some stories, man, where I thought I had to, I thought I, I've, what gifts do you really, I operate in the gift of discernment, how about you? I mean, I really thought I had the gift of discernment. I mean, I, I, I think I do. I just realized that, you know, sometimes we can... Some of you think you have the gift of discernment, but really what you have is misguided suspicion. You're just suspicious and judgmental over people. And we call it... How do you know that, Pastor? Because that's what I had. (laughs) Some of you ain't laughing. You're like, ow. Yeah. You know, let the, 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 the gifts all need to operate with love. You don't have love, then just, you know, check yourself. You see Peter and Simon Magus in Acts 8. He's the sorcerer. And he was bound. He was hanging out with Philip. He'd been saved. He believes Philip's message. He, he got baptized. He's, he's in fellowship. The, the apostles come to Samaria and Simon says, how can I buy, I want to buy this gift, this Holy Spirit thing, so that, I, so that these signs happen, basically. By, by the way, I believe that you have to read between the lines a little bit, and if I could take my liberty with that text. How many of you know that text? Demons are being cast out. People are being healed. I mean, you you read there's miracles happening. So much so that Simon, who they thought was the great spirit, they thought like he was God. I mean, that's the kind of sorcerer power he had. He sees all of that and is like, whoa, I'm going to receive this Jesus. And he gets saved. Then when the apostles come, something else happens. Something else happens besides what was happening the Holy Spirit was poured out. I, I believe it was. I believe it was tongues, but I believe it was other things too. They saw all of a sudden people praying in a prayer language and people being filled with the Spirit that looked like that had to look like something. Because here's Simon Magus going, "Huh, I want that. I want that gift." Well, how would he know that there was anything that happened? He said, "I want that gift. I'm going to pay money that through the laying on of hands the Holy Spirit would be given." Amazing. I will say that you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit, people. Otherwise, it is a brutal walk. You must be filled. Daily, you leak. We're all crackpots. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, right? Every one of us needs to be filled. Every one. When did you get filled with the Holy Spirit? How about like today? Did you get filled today? All right. But they, the gift of discernment operates in Peter, and he says, I see that you are bound by iniquity. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing again. You can look in your own version in Acts 8, whatever version you have, translation. The gift of the discernment of spirits can be used to uncover hypocrisy. You look at four, discerning of spirits, discerning the true needs of people who are emotionally sick. Now, I will tell this story because I just just learned a lot from it. I was coming up in our church and leadership, and and, and I... Knew the situation of a of a particular family. They were grieving. Somebody had died, and and this one lady was very very hurting. 
And I, I can't remember. It was somebody close to her. I don't know. I think it was her father, maybe, if I have it right. And she was at the front of the, of the altar area, and she was weeping and shaking. She was shaking. With Has anybody experienced death really close to home? You lose somebody like that. You might shake and cry. I'm talking travail, wailing. She's wailing. She's wailing in grief. And if you can't do that in a church, well, something's wrong. Of course, that can, there's appropriate times for it. It's an altar call time, power of God. There's people being saved, people being healed. And she's wailing, and it's okay. It's fine. But there were a bunch of people that had the discernment gift operating and came behind her, around her, and began to break off and, and you know, the, declare that the reason she was so hurting is because of witchcraft. And began to break a spirit of witchcraft. Now, I knew the situation because I, because I was close to it in a counseling, uh, in a counseling arena. And as they're, as they're praying over this lady, their discerning, their discernment was totally broken. I, I, and I've, I've done that before. Not in that context, but I, you want to hear one of my flub-ups so you can learn? I was, I was leading the young adults in Maui, and we were having a bit of a move of God. We, it had gotten there, like 80 young adults, which was exciting. It was called Island Fire. And towards the end of every service, this kid would come in. Towards the end, I mean, he would miss all the preaching, all the worship, and come right in. And he would talk to all the pretty girls. And so I knew that he was just there to find a girlfriend, hook up, and whatever. So as a shepherd, I'm figuring, here's a wolf, right? I still think that's true, but it was an interesting thing that happened that put me in my place. He comes in. This is probably three or four weeks in a row. He comes in. He scans the room, and he sits next to this pretty young girl who's all by herself. And the altar call's taking place, and he's talking to her, and he's showing her stuff, and she's totally distracted. And, and I, watch it, I watch the interaction. I'm like, oh, that is it. That's it for me. Come on. If, if, if a shepherd sees the army coming and doesn't blow the trumpet well, then the blood's on his hands. I'm thinking, I've got to do something about this. I'm going to fix that boy's wagon. This is a wolf. I know it's a wolf. I know it. Yeah. Service ended. The guy gets up. I, you know, I go up and I'm like, hey, dude, what's up, man? He's all, fine. I go, good. What are you doing? He's all, nothing. I'm all, good. What are you doing here? Just coming to church. I said, you sure? Yeah. I said, why don't you go get something to drink, dude? He's all, okay. He just kind of goes off. And I say to the girl, I said, are you all right? Are you okay? She's all, uh-huh. I said, I said, was he bothering you? She goes, No. I go, well, you know, I noticed he was really kind of, you know, getting close to you. She goes, yeah, it's my cousin. Go, oh, oh, uh, God bless you. And I will tell you what that did for me. It's my cousin, she says. I was all, praise the Lord. I thought I was discerning it right. I still think I was right. But in that particular case... I think the Lord allowed me to, to experience that, so I just chill a little bit. Yeah. 
And there's a time that we need to correct people, and we, we're, I'm, I'm happy to correct. I, if the, I'm going to tell you if somebody starts walking around in the name of the Lord, barking like a dog and acting like a chicken, we're going to stop you, all right? You're going to get stopped. Hey, hey. Mm, hallelujah. You're going to get stopped. If it's perceived that you're doing something that's completely in the flesh, you, you know, you're going to get corrected. I love this story. You love this one. You love this, John. Dr. Morocco's mother, um, Esther, Esther Morocco, <laughs> is on the front row in their church in the Philippines. They pioneered a church in the Philippines, had a great revival, and turned it over. Uh, and it's one of the largest, called the Cathedral of Praise in Manila. It's this mega church that's there. And um, one of the services, a, this young girl came in and at the front and just starts shaking and round and like ranting and stuff. And so they prayed for her and seemingly nothing happened and she calmed down. The second time this girl came into the service, young lady I should say, she began doing the same thing and somebody came over to Esther Morocco and said, Esther, this is the second time she's here and she's just freaking out in the front. Esther Morocco moves off the front row, walks over to the girl I'm going to do it to you. So the girl's freaking out and screaming, grabs her by the blouse and goes, Slap! 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 And it goes, I just want to let you know that every time you do that, I will come to slap you. Okay? She goes, It never happened again. It's a true story. No, we don't go around slapping people. You want to hear another one? Some of us need a slap. Here's another one. Guys getting prayed for at the front of the altar. Service had been released. We've trained people better since, now, since then, so don't be scared after the story. Guys at the front getting prayer, and one of my, prayer, prayer, uh, my small group leaders goes over to him, and mostly everybody's gone. And he's there, and he's praying in the Spirit, and he's praying for and he's praying for the guy. And, he, and he, I, I'm, I'm here, and the... The, the cell group leader just kind of looks around like this and goes, In the name of Jesus, wham! And just belts him. Woo! Pentecost! He'd been reading books on Smith Wigglesworth and he thought he would just cough up his demon if he just punched him in the gut. Well, let me tell you what happened. That boy buckled, man. He buckled, hit the floor. A string of curses came out of his mouth like you just wouldn't believe. I can't believe you hit me. I was just all, oh, God. Thank you. Church is over. Hallelujah. He discerned incorrectly. He wasn't hearing the voice of God. He was hearing his own idea based on the Wigglesworth principle or whatever it is. Somebody say the gift of discerning of spirits. Go ahead, say it. The gift of discerning of spirits. We need it. We need the gift. You can pray for it. All right, look, look, at, look at Roman numeral 3. Functioning effectively in the gift of discerning of spirits. Now keep in mind that all of the gifts can be strengthened through knowledge and training. All the gifts of the Spirit can be strengthened through knowledge and training. And understand the biblical insights of how to grow in the gifts and not be deceived. 1 Corinthians 12.31 is a scripture that, I, that has been a life scripture for me. 
And it says this, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. The King James says it better for me. Earnestly covet the greater gifts. There is a principle of spiritual coveting. In other words, it's been taught, well, God's got these things and the Spirit operates sovereignly as the Spirit wills. Yes, we we believe that's true. But there is also a, a principle of hunger, spiritual hunger, spiritual coveting. And if you want to flow in a greater anointing, then get hungry and pray and fast and ask God to release it to you. Missed a great place to say amen right there. Ask God to release it to you. There's a principle of spiritual coveting. You want to hear His voice greater? Spend time. God, I want to hear your voice. We had prayer today. Lord, illuminate our hearts. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And then I'm, I'm, I'm asking, God, show me. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see what John saw. There's a principle of spiritual coveting. So all of the gifts, really, if, if you have a heart or a passion to operate in the gifts of the miraculous, in the gifts of healing, how many of you, how many of you want to flow in a greater gifts of healing? Well, why don't you pray for it? Well, I just thought God would give it to me. Did you just get saved? Is that how that worked? I'm going to go encourage myself again. <laughs> Did you just get saved? No, no, you, no, no, no. You heard the veils came off, the veil came off of your eyes. Some of you, the veil's lifting off your eyes tonight. You can earnestly covet the greater gifts. Now, of course, love is the greatest of all. There's no doubt about that. But how many of you know, if he's got a gift for me, I like gifts. Does anybody else like gifts? I like gifts. If, if there's a gift, I want it. That's just how I got wired up. Check this out. Turn to Hebrews. I want you to turn there, and I'm, I'm almost done. This will be my first closing. <laughs> first, uh, first Hebrews. Just kidding. Hebrews. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, Hebrews. Hebrews. All right. Just kidding. All right. You're all there? Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. But solid food is for the mature. Mature who by constant use or by reason of use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. There is a, if, if you will learn to discern, learn to, learn to test everything, hold on to that which is good, weigh things. Is this the Lord or is this not? You know, my kids, my kids have an unusual gift of discernment. It is, it is amazing to me, honestly. In fact, it's such a pure thing to me that, that, that literally I can put them, and which I never would, but I mean, we could put them in an environment to discern what's happening. If there's evil taking place or something wrong, they know immediately. And I, I figured out how that is, I think. I think I know. In my home is worship all the time. We pray. I don't, I don't have an electronic cesspool pumped in through the TV into my house. I don't do that. You know, if that's okay with you, then that's okay. I mean, certain things are great. Love the History Channel. Things are great. You know, but there's just the commercials and stuff. We just, just you know, I'm not telling you to turn your TV off, but, but the Lord did tell us to turn it off, so we did. And we disconnected that thing. And there's times when we watch, I've gone through seasons of watching too many movies. You know, you can watch too many G-rated movies. Did you know that? You know, you watch so much stuff that you're not in the Word, you're missing what God wants to show you. And you might be watching a good thing, but it's not a God thing. It's not something that push you on. You could have a time of family prayer where heaven breaks in and the roof peels off and the fire of God falls on in you and your family. And that needs to happen. That needs to happen. But my kids, I've realized that because they're constantly around that, 
The moment they're around something that's different than that, they go, Oh, Dad, I don't like the way it's feeling here. Now, I will tell you how it works for me. One of the ways this gift works was I was so demonized. I was so afflicted. You know, thanks. I don't get to always thank my brother in my own service. But I thank you. My brother came looking for me on Father's Day. I was lost in the streets of New York City. I have a radical testimony of God's deliverance. Now, for a while after I was delivered, I thought I was just constantly having to do warfare the rest of my life. Thoughts of drugs and violence had come into my mind. And I'd be like, you know, I mean, like two years after really walking on fire for God. And and I'm thinking, okay, is this ever going to end, God? Is this ever going to end? that I have to deal with the likes of you in the name of Jesus. I'd lay hands on myself. I'd just go, etch your sketch. Huh? If you have a thought that comes in that's not of God, just go, Jesus, etch your sketch. You know what your sketch is? Just shake that thing. All right. Oh, yeah, it works too. And if it's really a violent one, just shake your head a little harder. Repeat some scripture. Lay hands on yourself. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. I mean, I just had to go for it. Well, so two years into it, I'm realizing, oh, here comes another wave of defiling thoughts and stuff, memories. Then I started figuring it out. I started realizing that when that would happen, I'd usually be standing next to somebody who was totally demonized. I'd be, and I was standing on a, this is when I, I had my, my wake-up call. I'm in a bank line. I'm cashing my check after working a hard construction job all week. It's Friday. I'm going in to deposit my check. And all of a sudden, I, all of this memory of, of marijuana and all kinds of stuff starts reeling through my head. I'm like, oh, you're back. Praise God. In the name of Jesus. And I'm, I'm praying. And I just, like, I open my eyes. The dude in front of me has dreads, man, down to the middle of his back, and, and he's totally wasted. And I, I'm praying for myself, and I, I look, and I'm like, I felt like the Lord said, it's not you, it's him. I thought, uh-huh, wow. And so then I just kind of closed my eyes, God, and I prayed in the Spirit, and I thought, ooh, that, that is ugly, man. And I realized it wasn't mine. It wasn't, it, wasn't a, it wasn't my own defilement, but it was triggering things on the inside of me. I was discerning demon spirits that were operating on this brother. And so I will tell you what happens for me now. I can, I can, I can feel drug cars pass me when I'm driving. People are like, whoa, I'm going to check my mirror and go, huh. I can, I can feel drug houses. They can look pretty or they can look ugly. I can feel it. It's a, it's a, how, how, how's that work for you? Well, they were, they, were my, they were my best friends. They were my closest buddies that afflicted me. And then I cast them out. <laughs> Jesus set me free. I got filled with His Holy Spirit. And so I go, I can smell sometimes. Some, sometimes you can discern through fragrance. Some of you smelled the Lord. Some of you had the, the, the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon. You've smelled the fragrance of the Lord, the fragrance of heaven. Believe heaven, there's got fragrance. It's got colors, all kinds of stuff. So you, you know, you could smell evil. Then again, when you're smelling things, you know, it might be the fact that you need a shower. But I mean, they get the discernment. It does operate that way. All right, I've got to hurry up. It's my second close. 
So keep in mind that, through, that, that the gifts, all of the gifts, can be strengthened through knowledge and training and biblical understanding. Hebrews 5.14 is a great scripture. Who by reason of use, constant use, you want to develop muscles, guess what? Got to work out. Want to develop the gifts of the Spirit? You got to use them. You got to exercise them. If you don't develop the gifts, you don't exercise them, they don't grow. You've got to step out in faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And then when you take a step of faith and, and watch God manifest Himself, it builds faith in you. And then instead of coming from where you were before, you're a little bit further ahead, you've grown. Amen? Thank the Lord. Look at me. Thank the Lord for the gift and ask Him for this gift to be manifested in your life. Solomon prayed, give me wisdom. He prayed, he prayed, give me wisdom in a vision, in a dream with the Lord. The Lord wanted to give him something and he asked for wisdom from God. James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask of him who will give it liberally. Not conservative amount, a liberal amount. He, you need wisdom, ask of him. He will give you wisdom. You want the gifts, ask of him. He'll give them to you. You being evil know how to give your children. If your son asks for a bread, will you give him a scorpion? Will you give him a stone? If he asks for a fish from your dip net trip, will you not give him a fish? You being evil... Know how to good, give good gifts. How much more your Heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to them that ask. Ask for the gifts. And I just need to say this. You need to settle it in your heart that God is good. Your Heavenly Father loves you. So if you ask Him for tongues, He's not going to give you a devil language for the love of God. He loves you. You ask Him. Come on, you step out in faith. You pray. You ask. Believe. Don't doubt, believe. I'm encouraging myself. I think I just preached myself happy. Thank you, Jesus. You can ask for the gift of discernment. Ask for a discerning heart. See, walk in the Spirit. Learn to be sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We all get pictures from the Holy Spirit. We all get impressions, I should say, from the Holy Spirit in different ways. I know friends of mine that the Word of Knowledge operates in their physical body. In other words, when somebody has a knee that God wants to heal, the Word of Knowledge happens for them is that they have pain in their knee. Now, I would think, I thought, that's not of God because God's not going to put pain on Well, you know something? I've seen so many miracles happen through my this one brother that I know, and he just feels pain, and he goes, "Yeah, there's someone lower back." I'm like, "Oh, that's me!" And they come up, and he lays hands on, they pray, and they get healed, and the pain's gone out of his back, and he gets another one in his elbow. He feels this ache in his elbow, and he says, "Somebody here with an elbow problem." And all of us, you know, just boom, boom, boom. The gifts of the Spirit operate differently in us. You've got to learn to discern His voice. You have to learn to understand His impressions in your life. Thoughts, pictures, impressions, dreams. I get more dreams now than I ever have. I think maybe that means I'm getting older, but old men will dream dreams. Anyway, I'm getting dreams. Young men will see visions. I get visions too, so maybe I'm middle aged. <laughs> but be aware, look at two, be aware of principles found in Colossians three fifteen and first Corinthians fourteen thirteen. I've got to hurry. Micah, would you come please? Colossians three fifteen, let the peace of Christ rule your hearts, since as members of one body we're called to peace and be thankful. 
1 Corinthians 14.33, For God is not the God of disorder, but a God of peace. A God of order. A God of peace. I was going to go to Washington, D.C. I had an opportunity to go to be with John Hagee, Dr. Morocco, to go and meet senators and congressmen, to be in D.C. at the, at the Christians United for Israel. I, it had the fingerprint of God all over it, and frankly, I wanted to go. Who, you know, I want to go represent Alaska for the glory of the Lord, of course. None for me, all for Him. And, and I, I was going to go. That was a joke. See, because I'm just being honest with you, there was an ambition that, I, that God dealt with through the whole thing in me. Because I, I talked about this. There's favor. Anybody got favor on you? Come on. Don't be like false humility. Oh, I'm not sure if I have favor. No, I mean, you know you have favor. All right. I know I've got favor. I, when I walk into situations, I get deals. You know, things happen. It's favor. It's favor. Surely. Is that surely here? Okay. Surely goodness and mercy follow you everywhere you go. Right? It's just the blessing of the Lord. So I knew that when I was going to go, God was going to connect me divinely. Things were going to happen. And it would be for the greater good of the state of Alaska. Now, I believe that to be true. But there was also part of me that was a little ambitious. Maybe the Lord will lead me to the White House and Barack invite me in. And I'd... I went to buy my tickets, typing my name in. I was supposed to take off on Monday. I've shared this before, but I think it's going to help somebody tonight. Round trip plane tickets to Washington, D.C., $479. Now, can I tell you something? That is a great deal. So, I mean, even the airline ticket is the deal. I'm typing my name in and lose my peace. And so I checked myself. What, what's up? Is this, what's going on? I just think, I, don't, I just heard crickets. Anybody ever hear crickets? It's just like, the Lord's not saying anything, but I lost my peace. So I realized, okay, maybe I'm not supposed to be on that flight, so I don't do book my flight. I pray. I try to do it the next day. Same thing happens. The next day, same thing happens. After three times, I said, all right. I examined my heart. Is there something on the inside of me that, 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 that's broken, that's scared or something? Is there anything like that? God, I mean, I examined myself. No, no, no. So I decided not to go. Gave a message, I think it was last Tuesday night, called Hugh Agag. I had this other word. I'm driving here, and the Lord says to me, Hugh Agag. Do you know who Agag was? Agag was the king that Saul didn't kill. Samuel said, you, Samuel gave him the word of the Lord, you kill everything, cattle everything, kill it all. And Saul didn't kill Agag because if you were to capture a king in ancient days, you would parade him around. All the people were wiped out and he saved all the good stuff. Oh, we could use these things for offerings. No, 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 that wasn't God's plan. And Samuel shows up, the, the anointing comes off of Saul because he yielded to the voice of the people and popular opinion and his own pride. And I love that section of Scripture. Samuel, the prophet, weather patterns changed when he showed up. Samuel shows up, gets a sword and says, bring Agag. And it says in the, in the King James, he hewed him. Hew means to hack or to cut in pieces. Kind of violent. Agag represent 
Agag represents your flesh. Agag represents what God told you to do. Agag represents your pride, perhaps. Agag represents your fallen human nature. Agag can represent things that are good but not God. And the Lord told me, you hew that saying, I've got other plans for you. You're not going. I had to discern that. I lost my peace. Let peace rule your heart. I think that's the greatest way to discern what's happening. You lose your peace, you better check out what's going on. Oh, look at three. Let the Holy Spirit bear witness. We could preach a whole message on that. D, check your impressions with those who are sensitive to the gift of discernment. Trusted leadership. You discern something. Check it out with somebody. We have a number of people here that have that gift. I'm blessed that they ask, Hey, Pastor, I feel this. And I just pray over it. Many times it's the Lord. Other times it isn't. Check your impressions. Proverbs 12, 15. Acts 15, 28. There's scripture to back that up. Stay humble. Everybody say, stay humble. For you can be wrong. Like I said earlier, instead of having the gift of discerning of spirits, you may just be suspicious and misguided. Stay humble. People can be poisoned by misjudgments. And secondly, learn from your mistakes. The gift of discernment of spirits. I want you to ask for it. We're going to ask for it tonight. Stand up on your feet. All across this place, those that are at home or listening by Ustream, for those listening by podcast, come on, just ask God. Lord, I want the gift of the sermon of spirits. Go ahead, ask, ask Him right now. I want that. I'm asking you, Lord, for that gift. Release the gift of discerning of spirits. I'm asking you, Lord, I'm asking. I'm earnestly coveting, desiring. I'm asking, God, you want to give us good gifts. Lord, we ask for the, the fullness of the Spirit of God, but all of the gifts we want them specifically for tonight. Release discernment. If you're here tonight and you know you need, you need discernment, look, you need to know God's voice about a decision that's before you. There's a crossroads, there's a decision, and you know you need to gear God's voice of which way to go. You need the gift of discernment. Don't just try to figure it out. Don't make decisions in the flesh. Don't walk by sight. Walk by faith. Understanding discernment is what you need. You need to hear the voice of God. Not your voice. Definitely not the voice of the enemy. You need to hear God's voice in that situation or that circumstances that you're facing. Right now, ask Him for the gift of discernment. Lord, release the gift of discernment. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We believe for it. We receive it. Come on, say, I receive it. I receive it. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed all across this place, if you're not right with God, we want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Him, whether it be for the first time or make a recommitment to Him, or if you just want to be assured of your salvation. If that's you, want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, make a recommitment, or just be sure tonight, slip your hand up right now. Anybody in this place? All right. Come on, let's just pray right out loud. Affirm our faith. Say, Dear Jesus. Thank you for dying for me on a cross. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Come into my heart and be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Fill me with your Spirit. 
Use me for the purpose for which I was created. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. 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 Won't you put your hands together for the Lord? Amen. God's good. Reach across the aisle. Take someone by the hand as we close tonight. So blessed that you came. There are directions out on the information desk about how to get to... Uh, to Kasilov is where we're heading, camping down there for the Dipnet trip. There will be prayer here 12 to 2 tomorrow. Michael will be leading that. Uh, there will also be prayer here Thursday and Friday. And that will be, uh, uh, where's Noel? Noel and Edna are going to be here opening the place up. Micah, we're, we've mandated him to go fishing. Praise the Lord. So he's able to make it. And uh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Uh, now, there's a couple people that need a ride down there. If you're going, you have an opening in your truck or in your in your car and you want to help them, uh, then you just let me know after service and we'll hook them up. Let's pray. Let's pray tonight. My brother John, would you close us tonight? Would you close us in prayer? Come on, lift your voice and pray for the person on your right and the person on your left as we close. Let's close. Father, you, um, you've asked us to call you Father, to call you Abba, to call you Daddy. Lord, and each of us are your children. And we are so grateful and we are so thankful that not only are we your children, that we're family. So Lord, I pray that you would baptize us freshly with your love. Lord, that we would discern, that we would weigh, that we would judge, that we would protect each other, but also, Lord, that you would use us in the lives of people that we don't even know. Lord, we want Wasilla, we want the drug addicts of Wasilla to be here. We want the hurting people. We want people that feel outcast and hated. We want them here. Lord, they need your love. And we know that we cannot do that on our own. There's some people that we need to love that we don't even like. Lord, we know that through us, you can love them, and that's what we want. We want your love to flow out of this place to every human being that we know here in Wasilla. The grocery clerk, the gas station guy, the guy that, the guy that fixes the blue van for six times. Lord, they, they need you. And, and some of them don't know they need you. So, Lord, baptize us freshly. Lord, as we head down to the river, there are divine appointments. There are people down there that need your love. And you're sending us to go. And we are excited. Lord, we are looking forward to what you're going to do here in the prayer services. Lord, I'm so freshly blessed by being here this afternoon. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad that you can get our eyes off ourselves. You can get our eyes out of our iPhones and iPads and computers and all the stuff that distracts us from you. So, Lord, our eyes are on you. Yes, God. We don't care what happens in our government, although we want that to run good. We don't care if corporate America is destroying us economically and the spirit of greed is taking this country down. We want that to change, and Lord, we pray you change it. But but what we want need is your Spirit, your Holy Spirit, to give us 
all the gifts. Lord, we don't we we want discernment. We want everything. Yeah. We want it all. Lord, and we know that you want us to have everything you promised. Lord, you promised us so much. So Father, we thank you for a promise, your great promise. And we look forward to what you're gonna do. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We'll hope to see you Sunday morning or Sunday night. My brother John's going to be preaching and teaching to you. God bless you. Praise God.